Welcome in to It's Always Sunny in Chiefs Kingdom, brought to you by Sports Illustrated's Arrowhead Report, si.com slash NFL slash Chiefs, or on Twitter at SI Chiefs. I'm Austin on Twitter at Real Bird Lawyer, and here with me as always is my man, Taylor Witt. Find him on Twitter at Taylor underscore Witt. Taylor, what's going on? I'm feeding for some news, man. We have no news. There's no to, news. What are we supposed to talk about? There's none. There's there's nothing that has happened since the last time you and I sat down to record a podcast last week. And so we called on our loyal listeners to bring us some mailbag questions. It was kind of short notice. We're recording this on a Tuesday. Taylor is unavailable later in the week to edit our podcast and post it. So we're recording on Tuesday instead of Thursday or Wednesday. We've recorded different times. Today is a Tuesday. And I put out the call around noon today and man we got a ton of submissions so thank you so much for everybody who submitted uh we've got a great mailbag coming up we have no news there's none there's literally i I checked to make sure that but literally nothing has happened since we last recorded so we're just going to get into this mailbag are you are you ready i'm ready let's fire them off some of them we'll go really into some of them we'll do a quick hitter you know we're just going to kind of we're going we're reading from the twitter threads we'll see what happens some of them are about football a lot of them are not so enjoy this mailbag edition of It's Always Sunny in Chiefs Kingdom. So first up, we've got Brent Powers at TD under MFL add-ons. He asked us five questions. We're going to go ahead and hit those little little quick style. First one, yeah, Mount. man, I mean, incredible, yeah. by the way. Yeah, five great, questions. Great additions. Uh, we have not had anything from you before, so welcome to the club, Brent. Appreciate you and, listening. And, Taylor, I feel like five questions in, in one minute. In, instant Bird of War. Automatic submission instant. of the Birds of War. <laughs> yes, I love it. All right, Brent, first question. Mount Rushmore of sandwiches. What do you got? Well, Taylor, I was unsure whether this meant types of sandwiches or whether there was a specific sandwich involved. You know, I I mean, with presidents, we're getting very specific, you know, into specific people with Mount Rushmore. Uh, I had a couple, and then I'm going to hear yours. It looks like you've gone with sort of a a style of sandwich. You you just have, I'm just looking at yours. Don't spoil my answers. You do yours. I'll do One of yours is, (laughs) one of yours is just cheeseburgers. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Okay, well, I wasn't sure where we were going for here, but I, I I know for a fact that no matter what this question is calling for, the Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich has to be on the Mount Rushmore sandwiches. And then, I don't know, I, I was confused by this question. I do have a grilled cheese recipe that I put on Twitter a couple of weeks ago. I stole it from a local theater in Kansas City, uh, Screenland Armor. It's called the Kevin Bacon uh, go Google Kevin Bacon. If you Google Kevin Bacon, you're probably going to get a bunch of stuff by the actor. But if you specifically look on my Twitter account, you find the recipe of this grilled cheese that I make. It's exceptional. It would go on my Mount Rushmore sandwiches. Uh, uh, cheeseburgers, j- just tell us what you got. Well, you here, only picked two of them, which, you know, I guess if your Mount Rushmore only has two things, that's fine. But, you know, uh, I have a Jif peanut butter and Welch's grape jelly sandwich. That is, it's not just PB and J. It's those two specific types of PB and J because they're amazing. Uh, Cheeseburgers, because I'm not going to sit here and be like, you got to have onions and you got to have mushrooms and you got to have this type of cheese, all cheeseburgers, put them all together. They're up there. 
that's because I'm versatile. I'm going to pick some of them very specifically and some of them very broadly. Uh, honey baked ham and Colby Jack cheese with dill pickle stacker and mayo, just a classic ham and okay. cheese, but right. very, very tasty there. And finally a Reuben because Reubens are dope. Huh. Okay. Well, uh, there's Taylor's Mount Rushmore. Mine only has two sandwiches on it, but they're both bangers. <laughs> Question number two from Brent best DiCaprio movie. Uh, there obviously are a lot of possible answers to this. And he did ask what the best DiCaprio movie was yeah. not the best DiCaprio performance. Yeah, sure. yep. So those could be different answers, but for me, the answers are the same. I went with inception. He is great in that movie. The movie is amazing. Christopher Nolan, that is obviously an all-star cast, not just Leonardo DiCaprio, Mm -hmm. but you've got all kinds of great actors in that movie. It's fantastic. Uh, It was a great choice, but where, where did you go with this one? Also Inception. It's, it's amazing. I mean, it's between the plot and all the performances, Killian Murphy and Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Elliot Page and um, uh, what's uh, Mad Max. Um, you know, the guy. <laughs> yeah, the Bane, you're talking Bane, about Tom, Max. Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy, thank you. Yeah, Tom Hardy, Tom. yes. Yeah, Tom yeah. Hardy. Yeah, uh, It's a great, great cast, like you said. Uh, Inception for sure there, but obviously shout out to Django Unchained, Wolf of Wall Street, Titanic, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Departed, Shutter Island. He doesn't miss. It's just all a bunch of absolute great Hollywood bangers. Yeah, a bunch of bangers. A uh, bunch of bangers. Speaking of bangers, we got another one, another one from <laughs> oh, Ren. No. What <laughs> you like that transition? What no, does the Raiders? What does the what Raiders just win, baby? Female video rapper slash dancer do for a job? Now is he talking about the the just the win just Brady win Brady girl? Yeah, 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 yeah. He said just win baby, but it was a Tom Brady Raiders hype video. Uh, I'm assuming she's an Instagram model, and that is not a euphemism, <laughs> despite my transition there. <laughs> Uh, that's just what I assume she does for a living. She's some, some kind of booth girl. Man, I don't that, know. that would be way more above the board than what I'm thinking. She looks hideous. I think she's definitely into some sort of drugs for services situation. I don't know what it is, but her there's no way her paychecks are legitimate. Kind no of a, ro- a Roxy situation then. You a know, definite. Kind of, she is yep. unspeakably crass. That's right. Yep, a crack whore. Uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> next one is, does Gruden make it through his contract? Speaking of the Raiders. Oh, uh, then there's no way. They better hope not, right? I mean, just as... Uh, is Gruden gone? I'm just going to is com. That is a real website that you uh-huh. guys can go to. It just is a countdown timer. It says no. So he still is the coach of the Raiders, but <laughs> it looks like he has six years, 40 weeks, one day, 17 hours and 19 minutes left on his deal. There's no way he's going to last six more years. Are you no. kidding me? No, no, there's no way. He's definitely going to get fired, but I think – I think the Raiders might get sold before then. Like Mark Davis is broke. Yeah. I just think, I don't know. There's no way he's going to make it through the whole, the whole contract. And especially after they go 0 and 17, like I predicted. Oh yeah, of course. uh, It's definitely not going to happen. So our last one, I don't understand. And I've seen the big Lebowski. He says Lebowski top five power ranking. I'm not quite sure what those words mean in that order. I have never seen the big Lebowski. So I definitely do not know what that means. What I know about it is that, Jeff Bridges plays some guy. The dude. I think there's some bowling in it. And there's this dumb quote that people love to throw at me whenever I talk about the Eagles, which is about how the yeah. guy fucking hates the Eagles. I, I don't know. I, I'm i sure it's good. I'm sure people are going to throw me some shade on Twitter. I've never seen it. I'm sure I'll get around to it at some point. All right. Moving on. Thank you for all those questions, Brent Powers, and welcome to the Birds of War again. 
Uh, we've got one from our guy, Championship Swagger, at Brandon422. Kaka! Kaka! List in order 1 to 10 of the best Chiefs content creators. You know what, Brandon? I am not going to do that because I don't want to leave anybody out. What I will say is this. I'm just going to promote myself. I'm going to promote Taylor a little bit. If you go to Twitter, at RealBirdLawyer or at Taylor underscore Wit. Not saying that we're number one and number two. But I will say I try to share all good Chiefs content all the time. Like I, I just am, uh, if I see something cool, whether it's a piece of artwork or it's digital media, you know, a video, scouting reports, articles, all that stuff. I love to just share content. There are so many talented content creators in Chiefs Kingdom and they all deserve to be recognized. I know you already follow me on Twitter, but if you don't, I, that's, I, I just am, I am constantly sharing the content that I think deserves to be shared. So I don't want to, I don't want to leave anybody out. I don't want to make anybody feel bad. I agree with you. I don't want to leave anybody out, but I will choose to highlight one person. And that's because instead of doing a list of 10 and people wondering why they're not in the top 10, Corio four, the artist chief is like one of our absolute biggest, most loyal followers. Shout out Corey. Hi buddy. Hope you're doing yes. well. Original Everybody bird original bird of war, always retweeting our stuff and, and just being an overall great Twitter interaction. Go ahead and go follow him. That's O as in O on your keyboard, not zero Corey. O four. Go. Follow That's him. right. That's right. We've got one from David Marcus at DLM underscore BM Law KC, one of my legal followers and fellow Chiefs fan. How are you doing, David? Why don't you just migrate to baseball for the Chiefs <laughs> offseason? You guys like baseball and the Chiefs are doing well. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, we definitely are going to work in some more baseball. We, we've we talked about this on the podcast before. We used to be Chiefs or we used to be Royal super fans. And then the Royals stunk and the Chiefs were good and the Chiefs drafted Patrick Mahomes and the Royals just kind of wandered aimlessly for a couple of years. And, you know, now we're kind of back into it. Uh, you, yes. I believe, have watched every pitch so far. Every pitch. Week. Every pitch. That's right. I've been uh, a champion of the MLB piracy scene on Twitter. I've been sending out all those, you know, the streaming links and all that stuff. I, I want everyone to get as many Royals innings in front of their eyeballs as they can. So, uh, yeah, I'm all about the Royals right now. I feel like it's a ton of fun. And, sure, maybe they'll drop off and maybe we'll lose interest. But for now – Go, go Royals. For now, we're three and one, baby, and in first place. So, you that's know, right. that's, uh, that's a good place. Wins lost today, so sole first place. Pretty Boom. Fun. Yeah. Next, we've got from our buddy, Bird of Lore, Bird of War, Derek is ready for baseball season at Password is Taco. Kaka! Who wins in a fight between Ned Stark and Boromir? Two men enter, Sean Bean still dies. I love this question. We obviously are big Lord of the Rings fans and big uh, first four to five seasons of Game of Thrones fans here. So, um, I, you know, Boromir came across as a much better fighter than Ned. Ned kind of was more of the, he was kind of a bitch. He was kind of a little bitch. And so I'm going to say Boromir in a landslide. I went with Boromir as well, but I think it kind of depends on, you know, what time period it could, because at the time that they died, I would say Boromir is closer to his prime, right? Like Ned, Ned is definitely past his prime. You know, he's been sitting on the throne of Winterfell for a while, you know, being warden of the North and so on and so forth for many years, you know, he's, he's passed, he's fought his wars. His wars are long past. Boromir was kind of right in his physical prime, uh, when he was in the he, fellowship. Yeah, he, he perished. Was... He was in the fellowship. Right, exactly. And so I was going to say Boromir since I was sort of just basing it on whenever they they sort of passed mm-hmm. in their respective works. But also, 
and I don't know if this was official canon. You did read the books such as they were, but <laughs> since in the show it's become canon that Ned didn't actually really beat uh, Sir Arthur Dane at the Tower of Joy, and actually he just kind of like fought him to a standstill, and then you <laughs> know Howland Reed stabbed him in the back. Yeah, I kind of feel like that takes a lot of luster off of Ned Stark's reputation as a fighter, right? Yeah. Because when you thought that he beat Sir Arthur Dane, who was supposed to be this major badass and like one of the greatest swordsmen in all the Seven Kingdoms, that really gave Ned a lot of clout. But if he didn't actually do that, then are we sure that Ned is actually that good of a fighter? Well, I don't know. if you think about it, the only other victory that we really talk about a lot in that story is also the uh, the rebellion against King Eris. And the only way that Ned's side won that was because Jamie stabbed King Eris in the back. So like... Ned just wins stuff by people stabbing the person that he's supposed to get after in the back. Sure, but then Robert Baratheon did, you know, he defeated smashed Rhaegar him. at yeah. the, the Battle of the Trident and, yeah. and killed Rhaegar in single combat, smashed him with his, his war hammer. So, but that's Robert. That's not but Ned. That's Robert. It's not Ned. You're right. You're right. I mean, Robert Baratheon's reputation as a, as a single combatant certainly uh, formidable as well. So we're, we're both on Team Boromir that's for right. that one. Uh, we've got a couple of questions here that we're just going to answer together and this is really as newsy as this mailbag episode is going to get we've got first from sean obrate at sports guy sean o question for law experts now that deshaun has had his first public accuser come out do the texans even have a chance at redemption this season also when do you cut him five accusers ten kareem got dropped after a video does deshaun get dropped after something like that and we have one from jack kelly as well at big hand lawyer Thank you. Shouldn't comment, speculate, jump to conclusions on the Deshaun Watson saga, but do you have any input on one of the women making herself known? So I guess from a news angle, um, a couple of developments since the last time we recorded the podcast. The first was that the the first uh, criminal complaint has been filed. Uh, the first one of his accusers went to the Houston Police Department and made a report. And that's all still confidential. We don't know if that's going to result in charges. I can tell you from personal experience because of what I do for a living as a prosecutor that these things can move really quickly. They can also move really slowly. It just kind of depends on how the Houston Police Department and the uh, the Houston District Attorney kind of want to approach this thing. But obviously the filing of a criminal complaint and the opening of a criminal investigation is extremely significant to this story. Um, if he is criminally charged, my understanding is he would be placed on the commissioner's exempt list while a criminal case is pending, which, you know, we kind of went through this a little bit with the Tyreek Hill situation. Um, he was not actually placed on the exempt list, but with the Kareem Hunt situation as well. He was placed on the exempt list, even though he was never criminally charged for the video incident. Um, I, I, I don't know. The, the, the NFL's disciplinary policy, it doesn't make any sense. But I can tell you, if he's criminally charged for something like sexual assault, He's definitely going on the criminal or the commissioner's exempt list. And it could be a while. Those cases can take a long time. Um, again, it just kind of depends on how the DA wants to move the case forward. But that's obviously significant. And then um, with respect to the other kind of piece of news, there was a woman that came forward. And I believe now two women, uh, correct two. me if I'm wrong, Taylor, but two, two women now have, have gone public and have publicly identified themselves. They obviously were... Uh, their identities were confidential previously, um, and there was a Sports Illustrated article last week in which a, a woman had used a pseudonym to kind of come forward and tell her story. So 
I, I don't know. I guess Taylor, let's maybe start with you because you you said you did have some things that you kind of wanted to say about this as a as a layperson, not somebody that you know yep. works in the criminal justice system for a living. What what do you make of this situation? Well, I think that um, obviously everyone wants to keep the whole you know, innocent till proven guilty and don't know every side of the story, but also believe all women. There are a couple different angles here that everyone wants to keep in mind. Now, the only thing we know as a fact is that there are upwards of 40 women involved in this, whether they're defending Deshaun or accusing Deshaun or whatever the case may be. He has, you know, sought out the services of upwards of 40 different massage therapists in a one year time period. Yep. Now, without knowing anything about how how legitimate those interactions were or any of that stuff. Just to me, the smell test, it, it doesn't pass the smell test to me. And I will still have to play everything out. I'm not saying Deshaun did anything wrong, but like I don't know why a professional athlete would be reaching out to a different massage therapist via uh, Instagram DMs every week to 10 days. It, it doesn't really add up to me. And that's the one thing that we're going to have to get to the bottom of whether other athletes will say that, Oh yeah, we all do this all the time. It's a normal thing for an NFL player or it's a normal thing for, you know, I, I, I don't know, but that's the thing that I question more than anything else that's gone on so far. Yeah. You're referring of course, to the, uh, the statement or referring in part there to the, uh, the ridiculous misstep by yes. Sean Watson's defense attorney, Rusty Harden, who put out a, a sort of a collection of statements from massage therapists defending Sean Watson, which just caused everybody to kind of question why he has 40 massage therapists. And I mean, I think you're right. The The public perception of that went very badly, I think, for Watson and his attorney. And I can't believe that they thought that, that would be a good idea. Uh, everybody that I've kind of seen opine on that situation has been like, why does he have so many massage therapists and why are you reaching out to, you know, Instagram models to get yeah. massages when you yeah. have a bevy of experienced professional massage therapists? I mean, if the point is to get a massage and it really is for a therapeutic purpose, there are a lot of very skilled massage therapists in Houston, um, some of whom are defending him that, you know, are available for that purpose. It, it does raise a lot of questions. And so kind of getting into uh, the other angle here, um, with respect to uh, Jack Kelly's question um, about one of the women, and it's actually now two women since he asked this question, making themselves publicly known, I just have to say um, how how much respect I have for those women and mm -hmm. for all the women that are involved in this, but especially to go public with this. I think I've kind of alluded to this a couple of times on Twitter, but I don't think I don't think people necessarily understand or appreciate how incredibly difficult it would be for these women to to come forward and be involved in legal proceedings, even on a civil side of things. And to be honest with you, one of the reasons that I was not surprised um, that there were not necessarily criminal complaints filed, although now at least one of the women has gone to the police, you know, Participating in a criminal case is really hard. Uh, you do not have an attorney that is representing you personally. You know, the district attorney is going to be responsible for prosecuting your case. But I have to tell people all the time, like, we're not their lawyer. We're not there to serve them. Mm -hmm. We certainly will advocate for them. And if they're, they've been a victim of a crime, it's our, judge, our, our job to go in and get justice for them. But we, 
you know, sometimes our interests are adverse to those of victims. You know, we prosecute cases all the time that people don't necessarily want to be prosecuted because we think it's the right thing to do. And your reward for participating in a criminal um, investigation and a criminal prosecution is you're going to be, you know, cross-examined by a defense attorney. You're going to have your character to some degree uh, called into question and attacked. You're going to have to testify potentially at trial. And your reward at the end of it is if the jury believes you, the guy's found guilty. He may, he may go to prison. He may not, you know, he may get a slap on the wrist. You have no control over what the sentence is going to be. And at least with a civil lawsuit, there's the possibility of a payout involved, right? Like, I guess my point is this, if you participate in a criminal prosecution, there's no guarantee that it's going to make your life better in any measurable way. Now, it's, it's important for a lot of people to get closure and to feel like, hey, I went in front of this jury of 12 people and they believed me, they convicted me. So like, this happened, it's, it's vindication in that way. And it is a really empowering process for the people that are strong enough to survive and see it through. Um, a lot of people aren't, and that's why sexual assault is so underreported and underprosecuted. Um, but anyway, hats off to these women for coming forward. I, I do think it's hugely significant for them to make their identities public. I think it's extremely brave of them to do that. And, you know, kind of circling back to Sean's uh, question, you know, what did the Texans do at this point? Um, man, I don't know. I, I, I think that they're obviously in a really difficult place because as a franchise, he's literally the only asset that they have. Yeah. You know, they, they, they have nothing uh, of value in their and entire he's franchise. He's extremely valuable. And he is, he is, he is one of the four or five most valuable football players in the world. And, you know, these allegations are something that to be frank, if they are substantiated, uh, probably should end his NFL career. I just think the scope of it has gotten to the point where the scope of it and the nature of the act, right? Like not to suggest, you know, I mean, I mean, some crimes are worse than others. And as, as crimes go, sexual assault is certainly one of the more heinous things that somebody can do. And the scope of it, the, the, the number of women involved, the uh, the mm-hmm. predatory behavior that's kind of been alleged, not substantiated, but alleged. If it were to be substantiated, man, I just don't know how he could play in the NFL again. But this is going to be a really, really complicated situation for the Texans and for the NFL, for Roger Goodell, because they really have never faced something of this magnitude with this kind of player before, right? Like, no. we as Chiefs fans have been through it a little bit with Tyree Kill. And I understand... Obviously, the the situation that went on last year with uh, with his kid that was never substantiated. There were never criminal charges filed. He was never suspended, but certainly, you know, his past with the domestic violence uh, conviction, which was later expunged, whether you believe that happened or not, he did plead guilty to it. He was, you know, eventually um, released from his diversion. His case was dismissed after he completed all his requirements. Yeah, there are still questions about whether Tyreek Hill should play in the NFL. The reason people continue to ask those questions is because he's a really good player. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Joe Mixon is on video punching a woman in a bar. He got drafted in the second round. He's a good running back for the Bengals. You know, like this is just the nature of the NFL. And these questions are going to be ongoing. Um, it really just kind of, I don't know, in, in my mind, 
at the end of the day, it all kind of comes back to the victims. And again, like for them to participate in something like this, knowing that there's a really strong likelihood that their names are going to be dragged through the dirt. And at the end of the day, there are going to be millions of people that don't believe them and think this was all just, you know, some attempt at getting publicity or money or whatever it is. I don't know. I, 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 I can't imagine knowing what I know and what I do for a living that anybody would make that choice if they if they didn't have this happen to them. But we'll see what happens, Taylor. We will. It's crazy. So thank you for both of those questions, both sports guy Shano and, of course, our guy Jack Kelly, who followed that one up with uh, four more. So he was yeah, we had a lot of multiple submissions this week, which is just fantastic. That's right. That's right. So we're going to go to his next one, Jack's next one, which was dream non chiefs podcast guest so i have henry cavill which is uh, the actor kind of a non-chiefs podcast guest kind of kind of a little bit but uh but you got you got to the heart of it now listen i'm not i'm not even saying that i'm a huge fan of his as an actor um i i watched a little bit of the witcher never played the games didn't get super into it you know i i don't even think i've seen the superman that he was in okay but two of them now but of all the celebrities that I have knowledge of in the world, he <laughs> is the one that I know for a fact shares like all of my interests. Yep. Not only is he a fan of Chiefs football and Royals baseball, he's he's a big Kansas City sports fan, which goes back, I believe, to I his role as Superman. Yes, right? correct. Smallville, because Kansas. Superman is from Kansas and Superman, therefore, is a Royals fan and a Chiefs fan. And so he like as part of you know, being Superman decided he was going to get into American sports. And now he's a huge Chiefs fan. I know he's been to Arrowhead at least once. Um, Very, very cool kind of backstory there just to, to know that that is something he's into. He's also like a huge gamer and I don't just mean like video games. He's very into tabletop gaming, which is something that I have dabbled in quite a bit. Um, You know, he has a ton of money. He just seems like he would be, I would love to just pick his brain and just shoot the shit with him for like he three hours. Builds his own PCs. Like yeah, he's hugely I mean, into like PC hardware. And uh, like, he's, he's great. He's basically the biggest nerd I've ever heard of. And yeah. he also looks like a freaking supermodel. Like it's crazy that he, he's like an impossible But not just person. a nerd because he's also a huge sports fan. And yes. he's also a yeah. really buff and talented. He and plays awesome. Superman. <laughs> I mean, he's Superman. Yeah. 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 He's, he's really cool. That's a, that's a great pick. Um, I was thinking of another guy that we would have some stuff in common with who's also <laughs> incredibly jacked and crazy. And that's, of course, Rob McElhaney, who sure, plays, of course. plays Mac on It's Always Sunny and, um, of course, is a very huge influence on our podcast. And we have been obsessed with his show that he co-creates and writes and acts in for now going on 14 years. And uh, I just think he would be very gracious and fun and and would be a really good guest. And I think he would get a kick out of all of our sound effects and our sunny references (laughs) and all that stuff. So that would have been, that would have been a blast. 100%. So Jack Kelly, uh, next question was draft best traditional holiday foods. I'm going to be honest with you, Taylor. I am of the opinion that any traditional holiday food that is good, Hmm. if it's good food, then it will be eaten the the entire year. So I tried to think of something that is like really specific to a holiday and that I would never eat. And it's in the name, a Yule log, Taylor. Have you ever had a Yule log? No, but 
I remember you telling me about it. Probably. Yeah, we made yeah we made one a couple of years ago. Um, it's basically just a cake, but it's a cake in the shape of a log, and it's yeah. associated with Christmas. It's bizarre, but it's basically just a chocolate cake that has a Christmas word in the name, and so it's specific to Christmas. So I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that's my favorite traditional holiday food. We didn't have time to draft it, but what what's your favorite? <laughs> this is a ridiculous. <laughs> this is well, I said give me that ham because. Uh, I was thinking of something that I would eat year round. That's also known as a holiday food. Okay, sure. And uh, ham's amazing, and I love it every time it's featured in any any meal. It's it's succulent and it's it's just very it's amazing. I love ham. Give me all the ham you can I can possibly eat. Yeah, ham is good. So Jack also asked us best barbecue in and outside of Kansas City. So I haven't ever left the city of Philadelphia. Just kidding, but that's a Charlie <laughs> Kelly quote. Uh, Q39 is my favorite local joint. And I really don't get barbecue when I'm outside of Kansas City because I'm like, why would I uh, Why would I bother? I don't know. Just never, sure, never, been, in, never been my bag. So uh, Q39, give me that. Yeah, that's uh, that would be my answer for best barbecue in Kansas City as well. Also a big Q guy. Outside of Kansas City, I spent uh, seven years of my life in Texas, San Antonio, and Austin. Obviously, great barbecue there as well. Uh, Texas brisket is undefeated. It's the best. Kansas City does other things better. Burn ends, I would say ribs better, but nobody does brisket better than Texas. And nobody does brisket in Texas better than Franklin in Austin, Texas. It is the best brisket I've ever had in my life. It's some of the best food I've ever had in my life. So check that out. I just went to a barbecue establishment in Denver last weekend that was Texas style. That's an excellent brisket there. So for you Colorado transplants that are listening to the podcast, AJ's Pit Barbecue in Denver, very good. You can order online so that they don't sell out. Your Twitter Highly picks looked tasty. They were very tasty. They had they had burn-ins as well, and the burn-ins were strange. They were like four times yeah. the size of what I would consider to be a normal-sized burn-end, and they were odd. They were weird. They were they were they were okay. They were fine. Sure. Uh, the ribs were not very good, but the brisket was was very very good. I would take the brisket against you know pretty much any place in Kansas City and and stack it right up there. Um, not nice. quite as good as some of the stuff in Texas, but certainly certainly very good. Certainly worthy of it. Yeah, for sure. And closing it out from Jack <laughs> Kelly, how did you guys meet and become uh, friends? So. Uh. For those of you that missed this episode, I'm not going to go into the story because it's a long story and it's a great story. But on the episode, the gang gets abducted, yes. which I think was one of our filler episodes from last off season. It was in August, so it was coming up on the season. But yeah, coming yeah. up on the season. Uh, I went into the whole tale of how we met. Long story short, we were uh, we met through a friend of a friend, and we were roommates, housemates for a couple of years. Uh, became very close that way. That was that was you know circa 2013, 2014, 2015 in there. Um, and we also met previous to that through a uh, a fantasy basketball league. And uh, that's just a teaser. Go check that out. It's, it's, uh, a, it's a good story. It's an hour into the episode. You don't have to listen to all the August pre pre 2020 season talk if you don't want. But fast forward to an hour into the gang gets abducted from back in August and have a good time. We've got one here from Jay Hoffman at odd underscore it, who I don't think we've had a question from before. So welcome, Jay. We appreciate you listening in and thank you for the question. The question is the Oscars are two and a half weeks away. Which movie wins best picture? So I'm not, I'm not like a, a deep film guy. I took a film class in college. My wife actually had a film minor. We do try and watch um, at least a chunk of the best picture nominees. I will be honest with you. This might be the first year 
that I can remember that I've not seen a single one. And I was going to just go through, I went through a list of all the movies that came out in 2020 because I was at least going to give our listeners my favorite movie of 2020. Favorite recent movie. Yeah. Sure. That was released yeah. in 2020. And yeah. I, to be honest with you, the only movie that I know that came out in 2020 that I saw was Palm Springs. <laughs> Me too. Which was, good, which was good. It was a good yeah, movie. I it enjoyed was. it. So Palm Springs by default was my favorite movie of 2020. I, I don't think I saw any other films that were released in 2020. So you could also say that Palm Springs was your least favorite movie of 2020. That's true. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Funniest, worst, saddest, etc. All of yep. Yep. And I also don't have a clue in the world. Um, I have kind of my interests and the Oscar interests have kind of divided uh, of recently. I just haven't really been on the same page with the best best picture I used to for a while people you know movies would win and I'd be like hell yeah that movie was great and like the last like five or six years the movie that wins I'm always like man that, that movie wasn't that good so it's probably just uh, me becoming curmudgeonly or whatever well but. you're you're more of a you're more of a Jerry Bruckheimer Michael Bay big budget Avengers action style guy and those movies just uh, they don't get the love from the academy that maybe sometimes they should yeah that's correct that's right. that's that's what it is just different tastes <laughs> I really like this next guy's at John Blackjack Logan at Exquisite Hobo. I don't think I've ever seen an interaction from you before, John. So thanks for submitting a question for us as well. He asked for our home run derby lineup. You want to see a Coors Field? Mm, uh, yeah, Coors Field moved from Atlanta because uh, apparently MLB is, uh, you know, pushing back against their their new voter law in Colorado. We have uh, universal mail-in ballots. Yep. So for all of you people out there getting your news from the Twitter yeah, listen. Okay, Colorado, it has uh, it has very expansive voting rights. Okay, like don't don't listen to this whole nonsense about how they're just as restrictive as Atlanta's, as Georgia's. We have uh, I literally got my my ballot in the mail. I never had to show anybody any ID. They just sent it to my house, you know, and they verify my signature and so on and so forth. It's great. So, as a uh, reward for having an awesome voting system here in the state of Colorado, Colorado is hosting the all-star game and the home run derby, which is going to be great. The home run derby and Coors field. Yeah. They're going to have like a thousand of them. Oh, it's going to be hella fun. And with the recent changes to the home run derby, the format changes, which they made a couple years ago, which have made the home run derby so much better than it used to be. And like extremely watchable. Um, The, the four, four guys that stood out to me, Jorge Soler got to pick a Royal and he was the home run champion two years ago. He was he had 48 home runs, yeah, 48, 48 for the Royals. The, the record for a long time was 36 and he hit 12 more than that. 25% more than that. So, Insane. you know, uh, Giancarlo Stanton, of course, I mean, that guy hits monster monster dongs, Aaron judge, same deal. And then uh, Vlad Guerrero jr. Would be, uh, would be fun. Obviously, his dad was a very fun watch in the home run derby the couple of years that he participated and yep. he hasn't really established himself as a star in the big leagues yet. He will, he will, yep. he, he seems very good at baseball and he just seems like the kind of guy that would just, I mean, these guys would literally like, there would be multiple 600 foot home runs out of this. Yep. Right? It'd be incredible. Yep. Exactly. That's, that's what I was thinking of was pure power, just who would put on the best show. Um, I did pick three of those guys that you picked. Um, Judge and Stanton, the two Yankees are two of the biggest men I've ever seen play baseball. They are just both gigantic and both hit the absolute piss out of the ball. And then of course, Solaire, not only because I would be interested for the, for the Royals aspect, but like dude mashes, he hits, he hits very prodigious home runs himself. So then the other two guys that I was thinking of, 
Uh, Fernando Tatis, who plays for the Padres and mashes the ball also and has a lot of the highest exit velocity hits and and really yeah, just uh, good choice. He lays into him. And then the guy that we saw hit the hardest home run so far this year in the same inning that he threw the hardest pitch by a starting pitcher Oof. this year. And, and that is, of course, Japanese phenom for the Angels, Shohei Otani, who has been basically appointment television um, especially of, of late, he's he's pitching, he's hitting, he's doing them both. He was the first pitcher to bat second in a lineup since 1903. So uh, he's, you know, he's, he's doing fun Pretty stuff. Good. I'm a really big fan of him. Obviously, that would bring the eyeballs too. So uh, give me Otani in the home run derby for sure. Oh, that would be fantastic. I wish I had thought of that one. We have a series of questions here from one of our, I mean, he's in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. We already have essentially a Hall of Fame, which is the Birds uh, of War, but he's sort of like the, He's, he's the goat when it yeah. comes to mailbag questions. I'm talking, of course, the man, the myth, the legend, Jordan Scarron at Mr. J 1128. He sent in five questions. Five. Count them. <laughs> five. If you went to a Halloween party at Patty's Pub, who would you dress up as and which one of you would have gotten deep pregnant? I would definitely have gone as Vigio Morgenstein and <laughs> I would not have gotten deep pregnant. I no, that no, there's no amount. There's no amount of liquor that uh that could have really no 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 you not endure not happen yeah, she looks she looks like she looks like a bird man she looks like a bird like well a bird. um i would have gone as um steve Irwin, the crocodile hunter okay I feel sure like, i feel like i've always wanted to dress up as him at halloween but uh that would be a good opportunity to do that and i would have tried to get depregnant for sure I'm, I'm okay gonna... all right well fair enough <laughs> uh jordan's next question if you could choose a sponsor for the pod, who would you choose and what kind of ad read would you do for them? Mm, somebody that would give us free stuff. I mean, that that's like uh, that's like the number one thing that I look for in a sponsor. We are free agents currently, by the way. So if any of you want to sponsor the podcast, hit up our DMs. <laughs> uh, you know, especially if you're like a place that provides food. We'd be very into food. And uh, the nice thing about that is that people can buy the products more than once. You know, something Dude. like that. I was literally going to say Q39. That's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the type of, you know, we both believe in the product. Obviously we answered Q39 for our favorite Kansas city barbecue joint, um, you know, unprompted by them. Uh, so I would love to do some Q commercials, get some Q from them, get some free. I already buy it enough anyway, that it would just help me out on my budget anyway. And uh, like you said, the fact that people could get it with our like sponsor code or whatever over and over, that's what burned us with Manscaped. All you guys are great. And all we got for the first like six months of the sponsorship, they kept, the guy kept emailing me and being like, man, you guys, this ad campaign's killing it. But like, you know, eventually we're going to run out of listeners. There's only so many weed whackers you can buy. I mean, you only need one, you buy a good product. You And everyone that wanted it got it and it's a good product. And then now they were like, yeah, nobody's buying it anymore. And I'm like, yeah, we bought them. We, We did it. We, we won. We sold them all. Yeah. So that's a, that's a good question there, Jordan. Uh, another question from Jordan. If you could create an It's Always Sunny theme park, what five rides would be in the park? I'll get you started with the obvious Thunder Gun Express speed slide from Gangos to the Water Park. So I came up with some some options here, and then uh, you certainly can chime in with whatever's left. I, I came up with three. I was doing this at work. So I, I didn't get to a full five. I guess I really only need one more because he gave us one. Mm-hmm. So number one, not a ride. 
but definitely a game would be like a whack-a-mole style rat bashing game that you'd yes. have you could you would have like a whole sunny themed arcade yes. there would definitely be a charlie rat bashing game with a rat sick <laughs> uh i think a gang beats bog style airplane themed ride would be kind of fun you know you could get you could definitely get some thrills going there and maybe find a way to incorporate drinks into the ride a la mm -hmm. gang beats bog style mm -hmm. maybe have a high score for who can consume the most drinks while you're on the ride i think that would be a fun little tie-in uh i i really like this one so this would be like a fun house you're familiar with fun houses right the concept of, of fun houses you know yes. more of a more of a midway thing you know like kind of a traveling fair carny kind of situation than a uh then like a full-on amusement park kind of situation but they got them in amusement parks so it would be like a, a patty's fun house right like a mm -hmm. whole thing that you're kind of walking through complete with of course and this would be the best part the air ducts with ah. charlie's bad place you know you've got the heat coming and everything like that you've got the broken bottles and so on and so forth um and i got a fourth one here i just came up with it right off the top of the dome speed pitch how fast, <laughs> how can, fast you can you throw because <laughs> you said fairs and stuff yeah no that's uh <laughs> that is absolutely... be fun to stalk around a fair <laughs> That is absolutely perfect. Um, one thing that I thought of was in the Thunder Gun episode when the original one, when Frank is driving the big uh, ferry, sure the boat, the tourist boat that he's given everyone a fake tour of Pat or Philadelphia, and he's trying to get to the movie. And I think it'd be really fun to have like a fake tour. Um, where there's a boat and there's some crazy guy driving it that's telling you a bunch of fake information about the city and stuff and kind of doing the doing the Frank bit there. So that would be fun. Um, I also thought it would be kind of funny if Dennis was dressed up in his clown getup from when they were <laughs> stalking the waitress and sure, maybe Max's serial killer. Exactly. And maybe, you know, Dennis is stalking you through stalking you through a fair, maybe stalking you through somewhere and, and you're trying to kind of get away from him. But that's more uh, that's not really a ride. It was kind of difficult to come up with you know, what I would consider like traditional rides here, but we've got a lot of fun themed. If, if it was a theme park, like this would, I guess he did say all create. Yeah. All sunny theme mean, park. Theme yeah. Park. So, you know. you know, the roller coasters, Thunder Guns, the big, the roller coaster attraction. We got that. That's one roller coaster. It's going to be the big slide. That's, that's what it is. So. Got it. You got could it also nailed. do from that same episode, you were, you were talking about Frank and his boat ride. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the sewers would be a great one. Right, the like the would be awesome. with, the, with the water coming, you know, yes. and splashing in. You you got your wall your water, water throw line. Yeah, wall of water. It'd be great. <laughs> uh, another one from Jordan, and another sunny themed question: If Taylor and Austin bought a townhouse together, <laughs> would you guys survive for a month, or would you rather sleep with an old man for a year? We we could survive for a month. We did survive. For, we did. We survived for a year. For several years. Or, yeah, a couple uh, of years. Yeah, a couple of years yeah. in the suburbs of Roland Park, Kansas. So, right. you know, we, we did it. Uh, we did have, um, you know, we had some neighbors like Wally that you know, <laughs> get, a, get a little bit squirrely it's from hot time one. to time. But hot one out there. Yeah, we appreciate that question, Jordan. We, we definitely survive. And I, I would not want to sleep with an old man. <laughs> <laughs> Lying across the, the base of the bed like yeah. a dog. <laughs> we'd, stick, we'd stick it out. <laughs> and the final one from Jordan, appreciate all these questions for the pod. Pick one of the three, either bring Alex Smith back as quarterback coach, bring Mitchell Schwartz in as the personal chef for the players or bring in Derek Johnson as linebacker coach. Um, I think we need the most help at linebacker coach. I think that yeah. I, I like Kafka and I don't know what these guys are eating, but I would rather Mitchell Schwartz be doing. Uh, I mean, I guess he probably would enjoy that quite a bit personally but um i think dj as a linebacker coach would actually 
do good for the team. I think that's a, that's a potential possible coach hiring. So uh, give me DJ. Yeah, that that's the obvious answer for me as well. I would prefer that Mitchell Schwartz come back as the right tackle. Yes. And yes. Uh, I wouldn't mind bringing Alex in as a QB coach, but as you mentioned, Kafka has been holding that job down for years now, as we wait for Eric bien to get a coaching job finally. So yeah, uh, give me DJ as linebackers coach for sure. Uh, we got one from Josh Kellenbach at Juicy Josh 97. If you could only eat one meal for the rest of your lives, what would it be and why? This is a hard question. And for yeah. me, it depends a little bit on kind of some external factors, right? Like, are we talking about like, like how specific are we getting with the meal, right? Mm-hmm. Like, is it right down to like the condiments that we're using? Can I change the condiments? Can I change the sauces? Things like that of that nature. If it's literally like the exact same food every single time, I would probably take something like, uh, you know, like a ribeye steak with some mashed potatoes and like a side salad, like not incredibly unhealthy. You know, I mean, it's going to clog up my arteries. It's going to kill me, but it's, it's very good food. It's high quality. It's expensive. It gives me some variety. You've got your meat, you've got your potatoes, you've got some vegetables. Um, But if I can have some variation, like if it's just kind of like you're getting a meal from X restaurant, whatever it is, I probably would go with pizza just because if you could change up like the different flavors of pizza there's a lot of different kinds of pizzas out there pizza's delicious you know they give you a little bit more variety i don't know it depends on how specific we're being with it so i basically eat peanut butter and jelly almost every day (laughs) and i never tire of it i previewed that in my uh mount rushmore above but that's because it's it's cheap and it's easy it's also delicious but i mean that's why i eat it all the time is because it's easy and cheap. Uh, I worry that if I pick something that I love, burgers or pizza or or something, that I just die in six months. You have to eat it for every meal. It's not like, yeah. you know, I mean, you'd have to eat it in the morning if you're hungry for breakfast and, and lunch and dinner. And I, I can't eat three ribeyes a day. I just can't do it. So no. um, I am going to go with something a little bit that I wouldn't enjoy as much, but that I think I could actually eat three times a day. So like a grilled chicken and a salad, but like gross like i it's not that doesn't do it for me i'm not stoked to be eating grilled chicken three times a day but i just don't think that anything that my heart desires would kill my heart so that's how it goes yeah maybe the right answer there is something like i don't know uh, a breakfast or brunch food like maybe like scrambled eggs or something like scrambled that. scrambled eggs three times it's a day that'd like, be dope uh yeah it's got like protein in it i don't know like you could survive on that i i, I thought about that angle as well like you know uh, what meal could One I eat meal. three times a day that, you know, for the rest of my life that would not kill me and <laughs> it'd be the rest of your life either way. <laughs> a couple of years. Right. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that, that's a, that's a very thought provoking question. Juicy Josh. We appreciate that. Yep. Our next one comes from Michael Arnett at Mike one chiefs fan. Hi, Mike. Uh, do you think that the chiefs are more likely to trade up in the first round or trade out of the first round? Um, I don't think they have the bullets to trade up. I think they would trade out more likely. Yeah, I mean, they certainly could trade up. They've got a couple of extra picks in this draft, but they have a lot of holes to fill. And they definitely are more like, they're definitely more likely to trade back. And they haven't really done either. And they haven't done either in the first round since Brett Veach became the general manager. The last time they traded, well, yeah, Mahomes, which would have been Dorsey. And Dorsey also traded back and took Chris Jones, I think the year before that. So And Frank Clark. um, 
Yeah, we obviously each traded our first round pick for Frank Clark. So I don't oh, know. It's hard to say. But trading I, out of the right, first, right, I was right. trading your first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was it was trading the pick away for a player. Yep. So yeah, yep. I think they're more likely to to trade back, but we'll see. We've got one from Mike at Stack Attack, but with a four instead of an A. So there you go. Why won't they nerf Board Ray and give us new fucking maps? This is a StarCraft Two reference. Mm-hmm. Uh, appreciate the question, Mike. I got to get back in you and and Peter Yadrich. We need to all team up and play some three sometime. Uh, but dead game is why it's StarCraft 2 dead game Blizzard not supporting it you know uh, they've needed to ver- nerf Ward Rays since like the uh, the beta of StarCraft 2 Wings of Liberty you know like they, they've all broken Void Rays are terrible Protoss is terrible it's the worst fuck you if you play Protoss all right moving on. <laughs> so our next one comes from Nick Y uh, and he asks she uh, she. Oh, I, I don't know Nick. Okay, gotcha. Hi, Nick. Nicole, I think is her name. But gotcha. yes, yeah. Um, March Madness style bracket of Jedi's and who would beat who in a fight? Oh I, man, I yeah. This is this is a great question. You go. It, you go. Uh, so Ahsoka Tana was the first person I thought of. She cuts it up pretty good with those white lightsabers and. Uh, but I mean, hey, you came to the same conclusion. How can you go against Yoda? He's the best we've ever seen. I love this idea and i wish that we and maybe we can return to this in a future episode sure the, the downside of asking for these mailbag questions at noon the day that we're recording is that you know i didn't have time to bracket out an entire bracket of jedi but i feel like this has a lot of potential with like you know you got your your you're like kind of run of the middle jedi council guys you've got your sith mm-hmm. you've got your kind of your wild cards which i would throw like anakin in there you know he's a jedi but he kind of plays by his own rules you know same with got ahsoka your, yeah, you've got your you got Ahsoka, you've got your your kind of non-affiliated force users, you know, the Night Sisters of Dathomir, for example, so on and yep. so forth. I just don't think you could pick against Yoda because uh, pretty much all the characters, and I'm going, I'm blasting through Clone Wars right now, so I, I haven't gotten all the way through that. But man, every Jedi that we see in every show or movie has been embarrassed at least once by somebody. Uh, whether he, I mean, even Palpatine in you know the 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 sequel trilogy, you know, mm-hmm. gets embarrassed by by his own daughter Ray, like beats the shit out of him. Yoda, undefeated man. We never <laughs> see him get embarrassed. He pretty much always wins. I you know he had a little showdown with Palpatine and he kind of pieced out, you know. But I mean, look, shredded Dooku. He yeah. was awesome, bouncing yeah. around yeah. and yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was. Great. I don't I don't know how you could beat Yoda. I think that's I think he would end up running. He would be a one one. seed for sure. Yep. So great question, Nick. Appreciate you. Uh, Parker Paget, Bird of War. Ka-ka! He asks us Green Mile or Shawshank Redemption. So like Green Mile is a good movie. I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Shawshank Redemption is is on my Mount Rushmore of movies. Shawshank is an all timer. It absolutely is iconic. I don't think this is even close. I think Shawshank beats almost every movie head to head. Love that movie. Uh, it's a good movie. I feel like um, it's a little bit overrated, but I have never seen Green Mile, so that would be my choice by default. <laughs> nice. Speaking of Peter Yadrich, at Peter Wygolf, he asked, <laughs> tits or ass? I say, <laughs> why not both? <laughs> tits get all the glory uh, for good reason, but you know, ass has got more potential to kind of put the girl over the top in comparisons. Or guy. No, or guy, but it's tits or ass, and I figure, you know, I mean, you know, <laughs> uh, but, you know, no wrong choices there either way, though. We appreciate your crass nature, Peter. Thank you for <laughs> listening as always. Unspeakably got, crass. Unspeakably crass. We've got one of our absolutely most loyal birds of war of all time. Of course, we're talking about Polish Chiefs fan PKS. Kaka! And from Poland, he asks us, 
nightmare slash alternate reality time, you wake up. It's 13 days to the Super Bowl. Your phone rings and it's Andy Reid. He says, you are starting at right guard for us in the Super Bowl. How do you prepare over the next two weeks? Boy, well, I got to tell you, Taylor, I, I think what I probably would do first is figure out how to injure myself <laughs> so that I'm not playing in the Super Bowl. That's good. And I've got 13 days to do it. So there's yeah. a lot of different ways that I could go about that. I guess at the end of the day, if I had to, I'd probably just shoot myself in the foot. <laughs> you know, that worked for all the people in Vietnam trying to dodge the draft and get out of Vietnam. You know, it's non-fatal. It's, uh, it's probably not going to permanently disable you, but it is going to get you out of starting at right guard in the Super Bowl. And I have no desire to get, you know, embarrassed. I it just, um, I were hurt or, or hurt much worse. I can pretty much guarantee you that shooting myself in the, the foot is going to be a, a less of an injury than I would receive trying to play right guard in in the Super Bowl against the Tampa <laughs> defensive line. But I will say the way that I'm spending the other 13 days, because I'm probably, I mean, let the, the injury is my priority, right? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm going out, I, I don't own a gun. I'm going to go out, purchase a handgun <laughs> immediately, which is easy to do in America. So I shouldn't have any problems with that. Uh, I'll just go to the store and buy one, shoot myself in the foot. And then I spend the, the remaining 12 and a half days, uh, basically just trying to kind of preempt everything bad that happened, right? Like I'm, I'm staking out Britt Reed. I'm making sure he doesn't oh. get in this car that night. You know, oh. I'm, I'm keeping the, the coaches focused. I'm sitting in on those game planning meetings with the offensive line. I'm giving those guys a pep talk. I don't know if it's going to so help, you're a time but I'm going to try. I, I don't know. That's the way I interpreted it. I get but it. I get but it. I gotcha. the main point that I'm trying to stress here is that I would get out of playing in that game any way possible. So I considered, you know, this is my time to shine. I'm going to play in the Super Bowl. For the <laughs> this, is a, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. <laughs> So I thought, how am I going to get myself into game shape? And obviously 13 days is not enough time. However, I looked to one of my inspirations that I already mentioned earlier, Rob McElhaney, who gained Ooh, 60 yeah, pounds sure. in like 30 days. And the way he did that was that he bought a gallon of ice cream every morning and set it out on his counter. And then at noon, when the gallon of ice cream had melted, he drank the ice cream. Every wow. day for like 30 days and he gained 60 pounds. So it's mostly fat. Obviously you're not gaining 60 pounds of muscle, but the only way I could go out there and play in an NFL game is if I was bigger than my current self and I'm not going to gain muscle that way. So I'm eating ice cream for two weeks straight and I'm also hanging out with the team the whole time. So that's the part that excited me. Andy calls me up and I'm like, all right, I'm heading to one arrowhead drive right now. Show me where Pat's office is. We got to go over the game plan. We got to talk every day, every moment for the next 13 days. And basically I would become Pat Mahomes shadow for 13 days. Sure. That's, I like that. That's a, that's a good way to go about it as well. Um, it, that would have been fun. I, I would have enjoyed seeing you play in the Super Bowl. Uh, we've got one from Riverboat Riggard at DBC Rick. Rank your top five Quentin Tarantino films. We'll count both Kill Bills as one. Well, it doesn't matter how many you count the Kill Bills as because it didn't make either of our lists. I don't care for Kill Bill. I'm sorry. That's a controversial take. You guys can roast me about it on Twitter, but here are my top five. Number one, Inglorious Bastards. Number two, Pulp Fiction. Number three, Reservoir Dogs. Number four, Django Untamed. And number five, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Taylor, you're five. 
Same five, different order. Uh, Inglorious Bastards 1, Reservoir Dogs 2, love that movie. Oh, uh, switched it with Pulp Fiction with you. I've got Pulp Fiction at three, and then I also switched Django and Once Upon a Time. I've got Once Upon a Time at four and Django at five. I do like Kill Bill. I would put it sixth, but I mean, these five movies are all better than Kill Bill. Yeah, they are. And I, I to be honest with you, I've never seen Kill Bill 2. I, I saw the first one. Oh. I didn't care it's for not, it. Not for you, yeah. Have you ever hey, seen yeah, just, uh, I, I um, uh, Dawn of the Dead? I mean, sorry, um, uh, From Dust Till Dawn? I have, and it doesn't really count in my book because he did not direct it. He he co-wrote it and he co-starred. That's true. That's true. Robert right. Rodriguez. Uh, but it is a great movie. Have you and seen Jackie Brown? I have not seen Jackie Brown. And our, our, our late friend, uh, Michael Hogan, was a big Tarantino fan and disavowed, I think, believe, told me that Tarantino had disavowed that movie. So, um, yeah, that's, um, that's not a, a movie that I've seen or that I will see based on that. But I, um, I don't know. From Dusk Till Dawn is a great movie. It actually might have made – it might have made my fifth if we were counting it as a Tarantino movie. I might have bumped – I actually might have bumped Django off of four and uh-huh. slotted it in there just for variety's sake, kept Once uh-huh. Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is kind of a weird movie. It's a little bit different from some of the other Tarantino movies. Yeah. Um, it's sort of it's sort of meandering, but I enjoyed it. The characters see were, the were very compelling. I did see Hateful Eight. It was pretty good. Uh, yeah. I didn't I didn't mind it. It would not have made my top five. I considered putting it in instead of Django or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood again for variety i it was kind of more similar to django a little bit i don't know it was a good movie it's a good movie i i mean tarantino movies are so they're so driven by the characters and how the yeah. characters are written and acted and for me these are all chosen and that specifically is why once upon a time in hollywood made it a number five for me the characters in that movie are really good the movie itself is kind of weird yeah and it's sort of meandering and it's Agreed. a little strange Agreed. Uh, there's not a lot of action in it but the characters are very compelling and so yeah. You know, I, I enjoyed it. Yep. Uh, we've got one from Shuckabee at B. Menzies, a fellow Coloradoan. Mailbag question. Have you considered that if they were NFL players, Mick Jagger's singing would be Lamar Jackson to Bob Dylan's Ken Stabler? <laughs> I had not considered it until you asked this question, but I acknowledge that this is true. And all I would add is that John Elway would be Robert Plant and take that as you will uh, for longtime listeners of the pod that understand my position on John Elway and Led Zeppelin, specifically Robert Plant. You'll get it. So moving on. Moving on, Corey04, the previously mentioned artist chief. Hi, Corey. He asked four questions. We're starting with question for the podcast, which happens first? Jenny McCarthy gets a COVID-19 vaccination or the Raiders win the AFC West? Uh, Rock and a hard place. I mean, yeah can it be neither can neither ever happen again because that's how it feels i i didn't realize until he asked this question that jenny mccarthy was like an anti-vaxxer extremely yeah um the only way she would get a vaccine is if it if it was mandatory like if if it were forced on sort of some sort of forced vaccination policy that's not ever going to happen because this is america And uh, like half the country would riot because they're uneducated and they don't believe in vaccines. Go get your vaccines, people. They're good. They help you, you know, prevent getting diseases. Um, 
I'm going to go with the Raiders winning the AFC West. It'll happen eventually. Jenny McCarthy is never going to get a COVID-19 vaccination. So by default, yeah. it would be the Raiders. His yeah. second question, what's the worst Chiefs game you've ever attended? Ugh. I think our answers for this are going to be the same because we went to this game together. <laughs> this was the last game of Alex Smith's Chiefs career. It was the game that immediately followed the start of the Patrick Mahomes era, week 17 against Denver. This, of course, is the 2017 wildcard playoff game at home against Marcus Mariota and the Tennessee Titans. Boy, uh, yeah. I mean, I've said before this game like hit all of the (laughs) cheap bad playoff loss bingo. It was like a blackout. And Chiefs playoff loss bingo, you had bad officiating. You had multiple freak plays. You know, Mariota catching his own touchdown. You had injuries. Travis Kelsey out in the second half of the game. You had a missed kick. You, Mm. you You just had a... Every single bad thing that could happen in a playoff game like that happened in that game. It was terrible. And not, it was also it was also cold and yeah, it, it just it cold. was gross. And not to mention that the guests that you and I were in attendance with for that game decided to get extremely blackout drunk in the parking lot <laughs> and couldn't find their way into the stadium. And it was they had my car keys. And it was basically like, not only was the game experience, the worst game experience, but like socially, that was the worst Chiefs game I've ever been to by a, by a mile, by absolutely. There's not even a second one I can think of where I was that frustrated. So does he listen to the podcast? Is he, nah, he won't. No. He, he, no, nah, no, nah. no. So. I had forgot, completely forgotten about that aspect of the game, but yes, that was, uh, was very frustrating for you. <laughs> I, I was not involved in the transport. <laughs> so it was kind of just more of a, uh, you know, here I am watching a shitty football game while you go angrily yell into your cell phone on the concourse and, you know, but it was great. Yep. Fantastic. Terrific game. Thanks a lot, Corey, for bringing that painful memory back. (laughs) This next one cracked me up. Corey asked a fuck, Mary kill for Justin Herbert, Derek Carr and Drew Locke or whatever super tall quarterback Denver drafts next. Hmm. Uh, So I went, I went fuck Drew Locke, Mary, Justin Herbert, kill Derek Carr. And, and why? I mean, explain, defend. Uh, Drew Locke looks the most female of the three to me. That's true. He does. And I like Justin Herbert a lot. I think he seems like a cool dude and a good quarterback, and I basically have nothing against him at all. And kill Derek Carr because everyone has wanted to do that for a long time now. I agree with the Mary Herbert. That's an obvious choice because he is going to be by far the most successful of the three. You're an eyeliner, aren't you? Yeah, he's going to – well, he's going to – he's going to – carry me financially you know, justin, <laughs> justin herbert's gonna make the most money he's oh, a yeah. star By he's far. gonna be in the league for a long time so i'm i'm marrying justin herbert for sure yeah. um i think the the fuck kill i you could go back and forth either way between Derek carr who also is very feminine yeah mentioned the eyeliner <laughs> i agree that that drew has a more feminine figure uh, but I think um, I think Derek Carr has more feminine facial features. So <laughs> I think you could go either way on that. That's uh, that's a good question, though. Corey, he also asks, when are you going to roast Big Ben? I, I don't know. I mean, uh, maybe someday. He wasn't really high, super high on my list. I mean, uh, reality kind of roasts Big Ben. Yeah, he's fat and gross and he's bad at quarterbacking now. He's probably going to go in the Hall of Fame. I mean, he's he's been a good quarterback on the field, but he's kind of a kind of a diva and uh you know he dodged the whole kind like of a rapist yeah sexual assault thing i mean he did the sean watson thing but 15 years ago when yeah people Bef- cared less about women being sexually assaulted listen Thank god we've evolved as a society but you know if, if big ben could have been instagram dming 
people back in oh, 15 years ago uh, when I mean, he was raping them in bars like he would have been doing that so i mean he, brett Favre basically did do that <laughs> and, nice. and his reputation yeah. completely survived i mean it just yeah. is um yeah it's good that as a society we're moving in a direction with me too and everything like that that these cases are getting that the repercussions are more severe yeah. because they always should have been more severe but yes yes he's He's reality has already done a number on Big Ben. Um, we may get around to it at some point. We will get to John Gruden as well, which was also a, a Corey suggestion. Yeah. Next up, we've got Sports Barnacle at Sports Barnacle. I think that's the first time I've seen his name. So, or her. Hello, Sports Barnacle. What could Lincoln Riley have done to save his brisket? I mean, pray to whatever barbecue gods there are because that thing looked dead on arrival. Yeah, I'll tell you what he could have done. He could have uh, he could have gone on Twitter. Uh, he could have specifically gone on Chiefs Twitter, and he could have asked any number of people that follow me or that I follow. You know, whether it would be our friend Zach, the layman's terms. We've That's got right. Jeff Favre on here. We've got one of our birds of war, Keith McLean always roasting up tasty barbecue. We've got a million different people out here that know how to make a better brisket than Lincoln Riley. He should have just gone to chief's Twitter. That's what he should have done. We've got one here from the trucker chief James at Mac truck, 2087. Where's a good place in the KC area to buy a used car. And Brad, I'll have a quick follow-up. Which bear is best. I, I love that joke. That's, that's great. Just a shout out to the, the zoom era of pressers here. Um, it's funny that that all the media personalities now seem to have caught on to the uh, actually I'm going to ask two questions Brad so right, don't cut me off up. yeah that's right uh, as far as which kind of bear is best I understand that's an office reference my thoughts yeah. on the office are well known but the best kind of bear obviously is a grizzly bear they're false they're, black bear no that's ridiculous I understand that's the joke but no that's 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 outrageous it's clearly the grizzly bear they're the biggest the strongest the coolest the smartest it's, it's a grizzly bear uh, we have one from Truth is a Simulation. I'll handle this one because I don't think Taylor is going to get this question. At WJ Nichols Sr., what is your favorite Head East song? Are you familiar with the band Head East at all? I know, I know they're a band that exists. I don't think I know anything about them, though. I've so I have, I have seen Head East live in concert when I was in uh, probably eighth or ninth grade. Nah, I, maybe I was... Maybe I was like a sophomore in high school, whatever it was. Head East is a rock and roll band from, I believe, Illinois. They're a Midwestern group. They had one big hit. It's called Never Been Any Reason. It's a great song. You That's where I know them from. Yep. That, it's that, thank you. Yeah. Yep. Um, they uh, they were kind of a, you know, they were kind of big in the Midwest in the 70s, more of a, a regional band, um, but good group. And Never Been Any Reason is a great song. I actually was just listening to it the other day. I had to go check Twitter to see if I had tweeted about this because I was driving home from work the other day. The weather was great. Uh, the song came on the radio. I rolled the windows down. I thought, this is amazing. This is really good. I wanted to tweet about it, but I was driving. So I don't think I actually did. So it's weird that you would bring that up. Uh, Truth is a simulation. <laughs> great song. Great song. Great band. Uh, really fun live performance back, you know, 20 or so years ago when I was, you know, 13, 14, 15 years old. Used in Dazed and Confused soundtrack. That's where I've heard there it. There you go. That's where you've heard it from. Yep. Yeah. Nice. So next up, we've got Uncle Dude at Quick Wit 13. And this is a good question for our baseball segment. DH in Major League Baseball, Universal or just in the AL? Uh, duh, Universal. I think anyone who likes to see pitchers hit just doesn't like the same brand of baseball I do. It doesn't mean that you're wrong or I'm wrong or whatever, but there's two brands of baseball. And one of them involve shitty pitchers going up there and 
flailing at balls and hitting a hundred if they're lucky. And one of them involves big jacked, awesome batters that can smash baseballs that there's no easy out and that you have to pitch to them. And that's the brand of baseball that I like better. So give me the DH in both the American league and the national league and let the offenses play baseball. Yeah, same, obviously, but I will just make this argument for any of our National League fans out there. And I know that we have several because we have Cardinals fans that listen to this podcast. This is the time of the year where you are our enemies because the Cardinals are terrible. Frankly, like one of the worst, most reviled sports franchises of all time. Grow up and like a real baseball team. But when football season comes around, we'll bury the hatchet. We'll welcome you back into the fold. I just want to say this. We referenced Shohei Otani earlier. You know what league he plays in? The American League. And you know what? He's DHing when he's not pitching. You know why? Because he's actually a good hitter. Yes. And you know what? None of the no, – no other pitchers are good hitters. None of them. Don't tell me that Madison Bumgarner is a good hitter. He's not. If he's he not. was a DH, he would be one of the worst hitters in the league. Okay? Like – uh, Zach Greinke, I love him, and he actually is a good hitter. He could probably DH. But yeah. anybody but Shohei Ozani and Zach Greinke, I don't need to see him hit. I don't need to see him hit. Give me the DH 100% of the time. We've got one here from VP of Pizza Consumption um, great at name. JT Fauver. Jeff, what's the biggest catfish you've ever caught? Taylor, have you ever caught a catfish before? I uh, don't ever believe I've even attempted to catch a catfish. Hmm. Uh, well, there's there's different ways to catch the catfish. I know about noodling. Yeah, noodling, the hand fishing method. I know all about noodling. Uh, yeah, right. I've never noodled, but I have caught a catfish before. I was in Cub Scouts, mm-hmm. and we did a little uh, fishing derby. I wish I could remember where this was. This was a great campout, and I remember very vividly where we were. There were a couple of lakes. There was a paintball village in the uh, in the woods. Um, this was back, you know, in the early nineties when paintball was sort of in its infancy, but you know, when you're like uh, six or seven or eight years old, like hiking around the woods and you see like a paintball village, you're like, Whoa, this is, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Anyway. Um, I, I was fishing with my dad in the, uh, the fishing derby, the Cub Scout fishing derby. And I caught like a 14 inch or so catfish with a hot dog as bait because nice. catfish will eat anything. And um, we did, I've got a nice Polaroid of it somewhere, you know, with a little disposable camera like you had back in 1994 or whenever this took place. Um, So yeah, it'd probably be somewhere in the neighborhood of 12 to 14 inches. And I won. It was the biggest fish that anybody caught. So nice. Do you remember, was that Camp Nash in Bonner Springs? It was Um, not. I know all about Camp Nash. Okay. um, Yeah. I I spent some time there as an older scout. Gotcha. You know, in my, um, in my 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 boy scout days yeah we don't need to get into camp nash stories that's, that's sure i just that's the only one i could name off the, yeah <laughs> no that's fair uh we have one final question which we did no preparation for so we're not going to be able to answer it this week because it it needs to be answered it needs to be done i'm going to tease it and maybe we'll get to it next week this is from zach the layman stan is what he's going by now at the layman's terms he needs a cross-examination of brett veach on his previous drafts so what he wants is something akin to the trial of Derek carr 
Right. Or, uh, you know, in a very early episode, we put John Elway on trial for crimes against football. He wants something like that. We haven't done a courtroom theme in a while. It obviously is right in my wheelhouse. We need a, we need a little bit more time to prepare for this. We got this question at like two o'clock this afternoon. That's not enough time. We need to, we need to let this one simmer a little bit uh, so that we can do it justice. But it says, uh, he says, it goes without saying that I expect Taylor to do his breast best Veach breast breast feature <laughs> Steve Breston. Sure. I was thinking Brett and then you know breast. We had the tits ass question already. I I don't know. It is what it is. That's our mailbag for this week, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. It's always sunny in Chiefs Kingdom.